0: Hey folks it's Dave Fenton here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and listen I hope you guys are all doing well um hope you enjoyed your bank holiday weekend we had a few technical issues over the bank holiday so if you weren't able to get hold of our most recent episode then I apologize wholeheartedly it has absolutely screwed our listening stats and we're very sad about it so if you didn't listen to the charlatans last week it should all fully be available now as best we know if it isn't get in touch with us and let us know we are kind of techno noobs really so we're kind of figuring it all out as we go along we know loads of stuff about uh, terrible Rosala records from the early 90s but not a huge amount about computers truth be told Uh, anyway guys uh, this week we're talking about Paul Simon's uh, Rhythm of the Saints record Uh, yeah tune in hear what we got to say about it Uh, might surprise some of you I guess Uh, great feedback coming through from all the uh, other episodes as usual keep in touch with us on our normal social medias Uh, they're all on the end of the podcast pretty self-explanatory to be honest with you or you can find them all on our website Uh, we're obviously getting towards the end of the first season now we will be taking a short break at the end of this season but we've got a couple of nice specials for you at the end of it Uh, so I hope you enjoy guys as always this podcast is brought to you by On The Edge Comedy we just had a wonderful very very busy On The Edge last Friday with the wonderful Adam Hess Uh, if you're in Edinburgh this year do go and see Adam's solo show he's always one of the highlights of the Edinburgh fringe uh, and this year is going to be no exception at all we're now on hiatus uh, for our regular nights until after brighton fringe which takes place all through may but we are doing special on the edge gigs every weekend and bank holiday day pretty much throughout the fringe so we've got about 15 shows on there more than that probably uh, come along to those if you're in the area they're all completely free and we have got some fantastic lineups for you anyway with no further ado please enjoy the latest episode of pop collaborate and listen Welcome to episode 12 of Pop Collaborate and Listen, the podcast where we review every single number one album of the 90s in order, in an excruciating detail. Why are we doing it? Ah, it's because Margaret Thatcher shut down all the youth clubs. My name is Dave Fenson. I'm Krista Greer. Uh, How are you doing, Krista? I'm fine, mate. I'm fine and dandy. Thank you very much. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad at all, mate. Not too bad at all. So, uh, Krista, what are we we doing this week? Uh, Well, this week... We are doing Paul
1: Simon's Rhythm of the Saints. Uh, obviously, we're t- towards the end of 1990, we're into October. This was number one from the 21st of October to the 3rd of
0: November, so two weeks. Okay, and so this is the, I mean, so this is our 12th episode, so this is the, because we did the Depeche Mode one, this is the 11th number one album. Indeed, did. the 11th standalone number one album. Well, it's crazy to think, isn't it, that only, like, we're in October and there's only 11 Yeah number ones across the whole year yeah and especially because some of
1: the ones that we've covered have been for one week only like Charlotte's yeah. was for one week only the Fleetwood Mac one one Fleetwood week only uh, but yeah that's balanced out by things like uh, the Phil Collins one obviously yeah. forever um, Sinead O'Connor was for a few weeks Elton John was forever as well so it, yeah. it balances out that it would we're we're not even into the last sixth
0: of the year and we've only had these 11 number ones and this is strictly speaking the last record that fits our criteria isn't it for the year
1: well yes absolutely this is the last again standalone number one the next couple that running through the rest of the year are
0: compilations yeah okay well we'll talk about that a little bit later yes this is the last last kind of
1: big number one
0: album. okay so obviously this is Paul Simon's follow-up to Graceland, which was, I mean, a, a cultural phenomenon, wasn't it? It was massive. It was, it was, was it 86 that came out at Graceland? Yeah, I'll take your word a, for a it. It's, th- eight,
1: it's around that mark. 86, 87. And it was, I remember it just being such a massive deal. Yeah. it uh, It was. It, in my house, my mum and my stepdad were big fans of the album. They went to see Paul Simon on that tour down in oh, okay. Dublin. Uh, it was... A, a, it was, it was around the place everywhere but it was also talked about in a lot of places mm-hmm. you know it was a big deal that he had done this album with ladies with Macbomazo and taken yeah. the rhythms that they had been doing for years and years and years and trying to put them towards a western audience
0: I was not that aware of that side of it to be honest with you at the time mm-hmm. because like I said to you on, on the podcast before my mum uh, was a big fan of Simon and Garfunkel but she she didn't really kept up. She didn't follow it to this point. So right. what, what I knew of Graceland was "Call Me Out" with Chevy Chase in the video. Oh, and yeah,
1: of course. I mean that was the the huge bit of it. Yeah, and that was I'm assuming probably the the biggest bit that or the that's the bit that sold him the most. It wasn't people went oh wicked. He's on an album with some uh, with some African musicians. I need to hear that. Yeah, people went "Call Me Out" it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. What's the rest of the album like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't think I've ever listened to Graceland from start to finish.
1: I have, back in the day, just because it was on, and we've we've had it on in the car and stuff as well, I suspect, I was thinking whenever I was listening to this album, yeah. I suspect if I went back to Graceland, I wouldn't find it as much fun as I remember it being.
0: Okay. Mm. I, well, I, I I think, a I little, think, little uh, kind of precursor one there. Day, but
1: I, I think I have in my head you know the big ones off Graceland are um, Diamonds and the Soldier's Shoes Call Me Al, mm-hmm. uh Boy in the Bubble I think yeah uh, and I remember those very very fondly but then of course I don't remember what track 11 was or whatever these no. album tracks which probably are a little bit more grown up for what I was you know what I remember at the time you know, I was only 10 or 11 yeah that I, I,
0: I think that I have in my mind somewhere put these records firmly in what the much missed and uh, lamented Smash Hits magazine would have called boring pop. Oh right, okay. Yeah. I think that's I think that's kind of where uh, where this stuff fits in my mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm you know well, let's let's talk about the album cover. That's where we normally sure. start. Yes, okay. okay. So I mean, what we've got here is a, a blurred photograph of people who are presumably from a South American tribe of some description. Yes, indeed. It's uh, it's
1: people in their kind of native costumery. Yep. There is uh, It looks like they're dancing, because it, there's movement involved, that's the blurring. Yep. And so it is, presumably, whenever Paul Simon went uh, down to Brazil, etc., to record this, he was seeing all these images, and that's what he wanted to have on the cover.
0: Sure. And this is, obviously, because I guess the thing we should mention is, uh, whereas Graceland was predominantly with African musicians mm-hmm. this leans more toward uh, whilst there are still people like Ladies with Bad Bones on record and certainly like a lot of West African and other parts of African rhythms on here as well this leans far more to the South American yeah it's, it's kind of Afro-Brazilian yeah uh, okay so I mean I'm looking at this album cover and it's you know it's you know it's a striking image it looks like a, it looks like a serious record
1: it, yes, absolutely. It doesn't look like fun. Even though it, they might be dancing, uh, or the, to be honest, they might just be running along a road. Who yeah. knows? But it, no, it doesn't look like a good time party record.
0: No, this, you know, I I, I looked at the cover and I thought, okay, well, I'll, 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 I'll try and go into these with as little baggage as possible. Sure. But going into this record, I've not been looking forward to it, to be honest with you. I've got mm. a feeling this is going to be quite a a worthy Gotta be through it. Yeah, that's okay. my perception going in. Yeah, I, I think I thought the same. Okay, well, let's. Shall we have a listen to the first track? Well, sure, yep. Yeah. So the first one is what was the first single? The Obvious Child. Before we do that, so just as a side point there. Yes, this this absolutely is the first song for the album. But then, did you pick up on the fact that this was not his track listing? Yeah, I saw that on my reading as well. Yeah, that's interesting, mm. isn't it? So this this wouldn't have been his first choice of single, and I suppose we'll frame that in with. Oh, no, I think one. I think it was his first choice of single. Not, not single, sorry. Opening oh, track of opening track. Yeah, he would have. Yes. He wanted track three, I think.
1: Yeah, and then this would have been around six or seven in yeah. his track listing. Yeah, yeah, but the record company. It's, you know, probably they needed a hit mm. and this was the, the the big single they decided upon and they went, this has to be the opening track this need, we need something to get people in rather than them just put on an album and get through a couple of more worthy uh, songs before yeah. they get to the hit they, they, they needed to hook them in straight away so that's the record company doing that and yeah, it makes sense to me yeah.
0: Look, I'm just curious to see here if you had the same thought that I did so let's just start this playing I went, is it going to be reggae? <laughs> 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 I just had that new kid on the block feeling. it. It, like, oh, that it starts off on that, <laughs> kind of a, that snare ride and you're like, oh. oh and then see. it goes, no, it's a marching band. Yeah. Well, this is because that's one of the first thing I thought was like, oh, this
1: sounds like Belfast on the 12th of July. <laughs> 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 this, is, this is some orange, orange men coming down the road with their boulder hats. Uh, <laughs> play a bit more as it gets into it it's definitely not just a fucking hood of tricks pricks in order house. so yeah, there you go you got some good old yeah
0: big percussive yeah huge drums there. yeah I mean this is a, this is a very very drum lit track yeah we've got a bit of uh, chanting coming when through well yep. the right right, there's Paul Okay. So you know we've got um, quite an introspective song. It's a, yeah, it's a man looking at his life, and then it changes perspective to the man's son looking, and the son son's gone from being a baby to being very old and looking back at his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's quite a universal theme of, I guess, of the passage of time.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it, it, if you listen to it all the way through, it does. It starts with. Uh, Paul Simon as one character and then talks about his son's character and then it talks about his son's character as an old man. So it's like, we're looking at a hundred years of of retrospection here. Mm. So it's a a big old look back. And yeah, it's it's about, what what have I done? Have I done well?
0: Uh, Am I a good person? Uh, What do I do with my life? Mm. My concern going into this, right, is that what we got here is white people problems over brown people rhythms. Do you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right yeah. That's, like, and this is my big concern going into this record. Like, I've got a real problem with this kind of white knight musical tourism. Okay. It was you know, we, we you know, we talked about Phil Collins at, you know, kind of picking and choosing like kind of core celebrities and making his uh-huh. making his point, you know, his, his song about the troubles, his yeah, song about homelessness, fast, all this, shit, yeah. right? In, in quite a gaudy way, and I, found it, I think we agreed that we found it a little bit distasteful, right? Yes, without being virtue signalling twats. Right? Yeah,
1: no, but that was because he had literally just it was like he'd read a news article and wrote yeah. a song.
0: So yeah, I mean, this is uh, I'm I'm looking for this vibe, but actually, uh, you know, I, I, I went when I broke it down I went through the lyrics and I went actually do you know what these are fairly universal themes you yeah I think about. that's fair they're fairly universal themes it's got a bit of worthiness about it but the, the one thing you do the one thing that separates you know well, not the one thing but something that separates someone like Paul Simon from some of these other people is you kind of forget what a good a lyricist Paul Simon can be okay yeah 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 uh, on I, this one I'll give you that mm, okay I mean I I think I think more than this one. I, yeah. I, I, I think we're gonna have a good conversation right. <laughs> I do I do and I, I think this is you know I think this is uh, a, you know a good song I'm resistant to it at this point obviously there's a I mean, This albums called Rhythm of the Saints yeah obviously presuming presumably South America is you know a, you know a very Catholic place in a lot of places mm-hmm. Uh, which gives it that kind of... Uh, that that uh, connotation. Not, yeah, that connotation. Right. Now, obviously, you've got the lyric in here, crosses in the ballpark. Yep. And, it, you know, why forget the obvious child now? Yep. Is the obvious child Jesus? Is that what... Oh, I see. Uh, right, I hadn't actually thought of that, of the Jesus angle. I
1: I, I definitely noticed some religious traits throughout this album he he speaks about spirituality he speaks about christianity yeah uh i hadn't thought of this one as being particularly religion fueled
0: well admit. i mean i i know from you know from reading interviews with paul simon he was always you know obviously because he's you know culturally jewish mm-hmm. um and was never that interested in religion mm-hmm. But there are religious themes on this record. Very much so. And, you know, you can't... You Some know, of them got, more prominent than others. The rhythm of the saints. I mean, you know, like I said, going back to the cover, it kind of looks like a Mardi Gras costume as well. Sure, I mean, yeah. Was, uh, so I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I mean, the, the, the crosses in the ballpark, that's...
1: Yeah, but the thing is, I've read two different things that he has said about the, that, that line. Uh, one of them was saying that whenever he, well, whenever he was writing this album, he went into it writing lyrics to fit the, the drums to fit the rhythm more than anything he was yeah. just writing words that felt right uh-huh. uh, and they didn't necessarily mean anything on the first pass mm-hmm. he would see what it fo- sounded like afterwards and yeah. tweak it etc and he said uh, there was uh, one interview he's quoted as saying the crossing the ballpark was just a satisfying rhythmic phrase against the drums so, okay. it, so he's saying there it doesn't mean it but then there's another interview he gave where he said it was it was to do with Uh, the cross that he saw in imagery it was to do with that and so it did bring some of that into it
0: okay all right, well so I don't don't
1: know which one to leave okay
0: but I mean back to the song itself Mm -hmm. we get to this kind of great kind of percussive ending Mm, yes it's just just break time it sounds like Tommy the Cat (laughs) oh it does it it (laughs) sounds like the (laughs) start of Tommy the Cat by Primus yeah
1: I was surprised as well I looked into uh, had anybody sampled that yeah. you know for even for like a house tune or something mm. one of those kind of tribal house things I don't think it has been mm, okay sure. yeah I, I thought it would have been more of a a really good big beat to to base a song around but it seems like maybe one of those house DJs have been scared of the boring pop maybe maybe, maybe. Uh, I did like uh, there was a couple of bits lyrically in this um, because like you say, it is talking about looking back mm-hmm. and mortality as well and the, the the circle and cycle of life mm-hmm. I, I saw that uh, in verse one he says as a, he's looking back as an old man he says i don't expect to sleep through the night yeah which is kind of implying that you know I, I know i'm I'm an old man I get up all the time yeah. or I, I get up early and you know it, it's not the same as it used to be mm-hmm. but then in the very last verse uh, it is broken to I don't expect to sleep the night uh, Which can be,
0: I may well die before morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a nice little double meaning in mm. there if you if you want to read that into yeah. it. Yeah,
1: but it's it, the song is a celebration of life, yeah. life rather than a fear of mortality.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I did not like this song when I first heard it. When I, when well, I, re- do I you mean? Do you, do you mean in 1990, or do you mean for this? No, I've never heard any of this. Oh, I see. I remember this, this single very I see well. I don't at all. Okay. I, I've got no, Going into this, I mean, that's two. We we should we normally ask actually if you have any relationship with mm. this album. I have none at all with this record. Yeah. Um, so I don't. So and I did not like this song when I first heard it, and then by the time I got through to my third or fourth pass, yeah, I really liked it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I,
1: was and, it was it the the rhythms? What put you off first, actually? <sighs>
0: um, I don't know.
1: It. I think it's it just the, the the white
0: knight thing in your head. Uh, yeah, a little bit, and yeah. you know, I was kind of, you know, Paul Simon's kind of. I mean, he's got a great voice, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a, there's something about that, that that kind of laconic style that on the that throughout a lot of this record. It I found it off-putting. Yeah, but that did not persist. Okay, so well, it's true. He's not he
1: he sings in a very laid-back-ish he, manner. Yeah, he's not straining ever.
0: This like for me, this is a really good um, example. For me, why we have to listen to these records more than once before we record it, right, because okay, this, this was a situation where we only heard this once. I think I'd be reviewing it quite differently to uh-huh. having sat with it for a few, a few days. Times. Yeah, got gotcha. it. You know, kind of, and you know, and again, this is a record that I I found like, you know, some of the songs do come to life a little bit more when you kind of read through the lyrics with them as well.
1: Uh, yeah, that's absolutely true. But from what you said so far, you are. Going to be more of a fan of the lyrics on this album than I am because I find them even more than we talked about last week in The Charlatans and Tim mm. Burgess's weird ramblings. I find these very oblique sometimes.
0: Um, I think
1: there's a lot. I mean, the thing is, he has said, obviously, like uh, um, he, he did sometimes just go into
0: it saying words to fit a rhythm. And I think there's a lot of that that goes on. I'm sure that's the case, um, but. Well, there's an argument there, you know. I mean, do lyrics have to mean something to be good? Uh, no but I
1: think I think that you can't just get away with what I would say is sometimes gibberish and expect me to give a
0: shit well no I mean, well I think what you can do I think what you can do is you can uh, have nice turns of phrase and you can have uh, things that kind of, that that sound nice and conjure images mm. in your mind that aren't necessarily... You know, a, a congruous narrative, or something. Things that, like, like, kind of couplets of words that just fit nicely over rhythms. I mean, yeah. You know, let's talk about one of my favourite bands, Faith Though no More. Mm-hmm. Mike Patton is on record as you know, loads of his lyrics. They just, they don't, you know, they don't really mean that much. He's mm-hmm. interested in the rhythms of the words and how things. You know, like song like "Midlife Crisis" is. You know, my head is like lettuce. Go and dig your thumbs in. Pretty sure. Right. But that's one of my favourite songs of all time because that shit sounds cool. Okay. 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 That shit sounds cool. You know, uh, Land of Sunshine Faith. Them no or it's just a load of it's a load of quotes that they ask you in uh, Scientology exams. Oh right. Okay. You're an angel head of all the lands of sunshine and fortune is smiling upon you. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, that's the that's you know, it's just kind of cut and paste together. You know, I I don't know whether they're oblique to the point of not. Meaning anything, or mm-hmm. they're just oblique because they're phrased around specific experiences that he's had. Right, sure. Um, but you know, I, I, yeah, I do like the lyrics on this record for the for the whole. On the, okay, on I, I the think
1: whole. on this song, I really do. I think yeah. this song paints a lovely picture, yeah. and it actually does evoke some emotion from me in terms of. A wistful and nostalgic look back, and a joy of what you've achieved. Yeah. Naturally, I really do like that. It's other songs mm-hmm. that I think. Well, this is a bit nice. Okay.
0: And I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say to you that uh, you know the, the lyrics, or even Paul Simon in a lot of these cases, is what I get out of these songs. Right. So,
1: all right. And, and I mean, this single, like we say, this was the first single uh, released in the UK. It was also the only single released in the states, and yeah. it didn't do very well. No. Nah. Uh, this
0: was not the hit that the record company were hoping for no but this is a record that had a very very long tail it really did yes yeah Um, and you know spawned the live the live versions of it Mm -hmm. and you know like reading through a few bits and pieces this has gone on amongst the circles of people that love Graceland to be considered you know in some cases it's equal
1: yeah but uh, there seems to be a lot of two, three years later, re reimagining not reimagining a uh, re-... Appraising? Appraising, thank you, that's the word, where they have gone back and, and dug more into it or got more out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think on the surface, if you're expecting Graceland 2, it's not, it doesn't have as many of the the catchy songs, the pop songs. Well,
0: it's, you know, I mean, from, I mean, like I said, I don't really know Graceland, but what I can understand from it, it it's a, that's a more straightforward record rhythmically.
1: Mm-hmm. This single also has the first of quite a lot of guest appearances on the album. Okay. There are quite a few of his mates that some of he's worked with before, and some of it that is new to him. And this is the first first example. Um there's a guy called Michael Brecker on Synths, mm-hmm. who's uh he's yeah. actually a jazz saxophonist. He guested with Paul Simon before on like, his 1975 albums Look Crazy After All These Years. And he's part of the Brecker brothers. He had a, a big long career with that. And he also he's a jazz saxophonist. He guested with the likes of Billy Joel on Teller About It, and I mean, we've talked a few times about sax solos. Yeah. And, uh, he, <laughs> yes, he, we have. Yes, we certainly have. <laughs> During 1990, it was a big thing. But he guested in the 80s on this one by Dire Straits. Oh, no.
0: Yes, mate. Come Fucking on. Fucking
1: bit of smooth sax. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: chopping that along, isn't he? So good. I mean, this is real eyes closed playing in the darkened bar. Oh, no, right. uh, mate. My, my, uh, <laughs> I say, my... I my friend, our friend Neil messaged me yeah, fairly recently. Oh, yeah. Um, and his bit of feedback about the podcast, he said his favourite bit of the podcast so far is where we both creased up at a saxophone. Because he's <laughs> <laughs> going back to the, uh, Lily was here. Oh,
1: Candy Dolfer. Yes. Yeah well oh, oh, that's quite that's special what episode that was oh it's special <laughs> yeah no, but this is like we're going to see a few more different guests come through but that one Michael Brecker I was just impressed that the man who played that sax is on this album yeah, I'm absolutely happy man. I'm happy with that Brecker 1-9 copy <laughs> <laughs> uh, but right yes let's uh, move on to the next song track 2 is called Can't
0: Run Butt Okay, that's like a really interesting percussive mm, style. It's it little, is. With little polyrhythm. I don't even... Okay. Uh, this sounds like a theme tune from Murder Mystery, doesn't it? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah I, can, I can definitely hear that. Because I was thinking it sounds like the bit at the end of True Romance.
0: Oh, yeah? I did a nice little shuffle. Yeah.
1: There's a lot going on here.
0: To get going, mm-hmm. it's a lovely build,
2: yeah.
0: but you can like okay. you can hear how that vocal really fits in. It's like, oh, this is it's brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah, the way it just fits in underneath that rhythm and just kind of it's gliding on. along it. Yeah, yeah. it's because mm. you know that's something I that's that's an odd. Odd little rhythm there, sure, yeah, definitely. But a,
1: a really interesting pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot going on, and it's one of those ones I love a song where you can't initially tell where a beat is. Yeah, you know where, and then it comes through, and you're like, oh, this is the the, the one, the three. You're talking to yeah. a tool fan. Well, there you go. Yeah, true <laughs> enough, yeah. I, I do. I love songs like that when they work, and I think this one works brilliantly.
0: Yeah, it's kind of got a really proggy feel to it. So then we get into the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing that's fairly obviously talking about. Chernobyl yeah. to start with yeah, yeah. Uh, but not all the verses are on that subject they're all kind of about societal failings aren't they really yeah indeed yeah um, because well the lines about
1: Chernobyl uh, what we got a cooling system burns out in the Ukraine trees and umbrellas protect us from the new rain armies of engineers to analyse the soil yeah. so it's very specific very that. specific and when that was 19 this is recorded in Eighty eight, I think. I oh, really. And Trouble okay. was what, eighty six, eighty seven. So it was. It was very, very recent. Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, he's, he's making a a definite point about that.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if they'll cover that on Crash Bang up at some point. Of oh, course. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this, like you said already, you touched on it. It, it builds really nicely, mm. and that's that's something that I think quite a lot of the songs on this record do. Where they you start for this, then you add this in, right? Okay. Then you add this in, and it kind of all builds up to uh, layers. Or... Yeah, layers and layers of sound, and everything mm-hmm. kind of complements right, sure, each other. So yeah, you know, I mean, obviously the message is yeah, we're not doing enough. You know, like I'm. Yeah, I can't run, but I can, you know. Walk what this? I wonder if some of
1: this is from his experience of spending time in with the South American musicians that he's recording with at this point whether it's you know a much more or a much less technology based and um the 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 terrible thing the the warfare mm. there's not so much of that going on in their lives it's a simpler stripped back exit more stripped back existence or poverty existence
0: i don't know i don't know um i mean absolutely positive you know mm. possibly i I mean, maybe that is it. I don't know. Because you, you read these verses, you know, you've got this the lyric here about a couple uh, was rubbing against us, rubbing and doing the, that new dance. Mm. Uh, the man was wearing a jacket and jeans, so the woman was laughing in advance. Mm. You know, kind of like, okay, well, we, we just do these things because we're ex- expected to do playing these the things. Yeah, we're playing, you know, we kind of blithely move on. Yeah. Without kind of thinking, and there's a the whole thing about you know the rivers, the money. But then you know, but the music gets stifled, and the music business thrives, and it's yes, it's, you know, it's exploitation, about exploitation without consequence. Sure, and, yeah. You know, maybe that's uh, you know, maybe that's you know, you can you can view exploitation happening in communities that uh, you know that he knows that his country are benefiting from. Mm. Maybe there's some something you know of that I think this could be a lot more like Phil Collins had written this this would be far more on the nose wouldn't it oh definitely
1: yes do you know what I mean like this, well there would be those lyrics about uh, a crying child by the roadside eating a bread with a yeah. breaking bread with a spoon yeah. Yeah. yeah all that stuff <laughs> yeah. well,
0: I think lyrically it does enough to kind of make you think about some stuff and make, mm-hmm. you know facilitate this conversation for right for example sure. uh, but more than anything you know let you know a lot of Spend too much time breaking apart these lyrics, but just as a tune, it's. Uh, I think it's really interesting. I think this is a brilliant song. Oh, yeah I, think oh yeah, I mean, absolutely fantastic. And and I must admit, so first couple of listens through. Mm you know Jenny was Jenny here from the other room she said what the fuck are you listening to what's oh, yeah. this and I and I was like okay and I was feeling I was thinking oh yeah this is a slob I think it's because I'd, I'd come into it with that in my mind sure you know I was messaging you and I was I was talking about because I I've registered my show yeah indeed and I was like I do fucking listen to Paul Simon so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then when I kind of about third listen through on this I was like do you know what this is great mm. and I really really like this one yeah
1: no they, particularly that this is probably my favourite on the album I, th- oh, okay. this is, I think this is gorgeously uh, the, the sort of the up and down runs the glissandos is, is absolutely astonishingly good the whole feel of the song the the mood of it mm-hmm. the instruments they're using I don't know what they are yeah. I tried to find out not a clue yeah. uh, it turns out that a lot of the percussion is done by this Brazilian group called uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong Uacti who knows and they make a lot of their instruments. Okay. So there are sounds that I wasn't I'd not heard before. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautifully done. I think this is just beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean that's this it's a firm thumbs up from me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, definitely.
1: So yeah. And uh this one's got JJ Cale on guitar. Great. And Steve Gadd on drums. Steve Gadd was did a lot of drums with Paul Simon back in the seventies as well. Mm. He's the guy that drums on Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover. Okay, um, fantastic. which is this, uh, it, it's one of these songs that if you listen to it you don't even think about it you won't even think about it obviously but if you think this drum beat is more complicated than it needs to be but it fits beautifully it, then you can hear nothing else Yeah. and there's a wonderful YouTube clip of him trying to break it down for an interviewer uh-huh. and the disdain he has in his face for this interviewer is going why aren't you getting this oh my <laughs> god well I'm doing this and then I'm doing this with a hi-hat and then it all runs together Jesus Christ man what, what are you thinking it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's beautifully done but yeah, Steve Gadd, when it comes in, because again, when I talk about a song that I'm not sure where the beat goes, even for the first sort of three or four layers when it comes in, mm-hmm. and then the percussion starts up, but then on the second verse, Steve Gadd comes in and it's just like a, just basing it in something, grounding it, yeah. and you go, oh, there you go, there, there that it's just added an extra dimension. Yeah. It, it's it and I think grinding it is probably the right word for medias because it's all very kind of up in the air and spacey. Mm-hmm. And then there's this boom, 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 bah, boom, boom, bah, yeah. which gives
0: it uh, an extra weight. Yeah. I mean I think we should probably like mention at this point that you are a drummer of, oh right, yes, and I used a, to play a, drums, yeah. A, a, a lapsed drummer, sure. Oh, say, very much, right? yeah. Not in many, many but you movies. know, but you know, and you know, for, you know. I mean, I did. I love a, I love a rhythm. Mm. I love a weird, you know, no, rhythm above melody generally for me in music. Yeah, that's kind of. Well, I, I mean, we're
1: both fans of hip hop, but I have often said that if a tune has an instrumental version that I'm into that's what sells it for me it's right. it's the lyrics are definitely
0: second sure. for a lot of stuff on me yeah i mean i, I mean I, I that's not necessarily my stance well
1: but no but you, you came from you were a singer in a band yeah, well, actually, yeah that's yeah. the thing so kind of well, yeah. <laughs> 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 sure but that that you you would probably air more on the lyric side than i would well i'm definitely more rid- yeah absolutely
0: yeah all right great so that was mm. track two love it big firm it. thumbs up for that one yep uh, track three is called The Coast. The Coast, right, okay, let's do a bit of this one. Mm-hmm. So we've got the guitar and the drum here, right? Mm-hmm. So have got the guitar here yep. and the say, uh, And I'm presuming this drum is a barter. <laughs> no, because he mentions it in the lyric. Oh, does he? Yeah. I have the missed out, okay. Listen this.
2: Oh,
0: There you go, there it is. Could well be. I mean, I find the way pronounced barter there did it like in the inflection mm-hmm. I find that slightly problematic only oh,
1: really? because well, you think he's trying a bit hard to well, do, do know, it in it, the lingo
0: it's, it's like it's like when uh, someone comes back from Spain and they said oh do you know what I had a really beautiful paella <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck off mate it's a paella it's right? chorizo do <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean <laughs> when you try and order Italian food yeah, in an yeah. Italian restaurant yeah yeah <laughs> um, shout out to our friend surely once on a date ordered a bottle of Rioja um, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> but no. yeah I mean I think that guitar at the start is gorgeous Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice uh, quite dark lyrics in this one yes which, uh, and more and more of the religion theme as well yeah and then that horn comes in and like I mean I've kind of blown my wad on this a little bit already I think but this is the point really on my first listen through sorry, like my third listen through when I was like oh god I'm really enjoying this. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, what have I become? I fucking, I like (laughs) this record. Okay. Right. And I think that's, at that point I went, okay, you need to listen to it. Yeah. I I kind of reframed myself a little bit. Right. And I I went from being pretty sure I wasn't going to like this record to being like, oh, actually. Yeah.
1: You adjusted your view.
0: Okay. That doesn't mean I like the rest of the record. No, 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 but yeah. But you know, you're more open to the rest of it, uh, it. This one, I just love it so much. It's just so, as you go through, there's so many different things to hear. Like, in the, in the same way, when we talked about Violator, mm-hmm. uh, it's about the intricacy of the sounds within the production. Mm-hmm. This is the same, it's, it's so kind of. Like mellifluous in terms of the nice. different layers on top of it. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, uh, just, the more you dig into it, the more you're rewarded. I found like I, yeah. I listen, I listened to this one a few times. I see you went back again. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I really, really like this one. Okay, as well. um, and
1: this was the one that. Paul Simon had planned to be track one. Yes, he planned this to be the opener for the album. And
0: I think, and I, and I completely think it would have been a bit the better opener. Do you?
1: Yes, I. Do. Oh, see, I don't. I, I think you need the big, not pop hit because obviously Child isn't a pop yeah. pop hit, but I think you need the big hook of that as for track one. See, I don't think you do.
0: I, I wouldn't put Obvious Child as track seven. Sure, okay. That's, that's right. far too late in it. Okay. But I think if you interchange these two songs, Yeah. you would go you would go this with the kind of the, the kind of the big But maybe the lyric is too Dark Early Doors. I don't right. know. Then you'd go into Can't Run but then you go into Obvious Child. That's a good triple tracker and I think that's oh. the right order for
1: it. I see, okay. No, I think it's a good triple tracker as well but I'm I'm happy with this order. I think this works if I I don't know if I'm thinking of it from a record
0: exact point of view how do we sell an album well I mean I think I think we've just worked out here who's the true artist who's, <laughs> yeah. just, in the, who's yeah. just in it for the money yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with that while we're speaking Christopher's smoking an enormous cigar <laughs> and he's uh, he's tapping into an ashtray made out of an orphan's hand <laughs> I say made out of it's just an orphan's hand the orphan's kneeling down next to him shut up yeah see it's <laughs> awful
1: stop crying <laughs> I mean to be fair if this had been track one, this would have been a more obvious link from Graceland, because okay. Graceland sounded more. The, the guitar line on this is more of what that sound was, mm-hmm. and this has Lily Smith, Blackburn, Bazza one backing vocals as well. Yeah. So it would have been more of a kind of a, a link between the two. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still okay.
0: Though. Now I tell you, th- uh, there's a real razor's edge on this guitar because the the tone of that guitar. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love the tone of know. it but what's being played it works
2: mm-hmm.
0: whereas there are similar guitar tones on this record that don't work for me specifically for that reason oh okay and i find that really interesting it's a, such Ooh. a it's such a I, I tried to kind of break it down myself uh and go what what is it about this and i couldn't really get any further than that Other, oh, right. it, it just came down to me like hey, do you know what this works for me this doesn't it was just and, a visceral thing yeah and that's just sometimes the way shit goes well, like totally fine yeah of
1: course that's fine well, uh, yeah okay but but like, l- lyrically again there's there's more religious overtones in this yep. because the family musicians that we're talking about at the start takes shelter in a church yeah and then they take part in a religious celebration possibly alluding to resurrection mm-hmm. never know but I mean I am I'm, a, I'm one for keep religion out of pop songs and I don't give a shit I don't want you to be
0: what's your favourite pop song of all time <laughs> well,
1: well you're going to go for what? like a prayer but I mean, it's, it's more about blowjobs than it is about well, no it's
0: it's about sacrilegious blowjobs it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's about it's about framing oral sex within a religious experience right. and telling the Catholic Church to fuck off
1: <laughs> ok well the thing is he's not doing that ok You know, he, he and probably because there are other bits on this album where he's talking about religion I'm like, oh, fucking hell, mate. Just keep it to yourself. But I don't mind it on this one.
0: I seem to remember you being a fan of Jesus Walks by Kanye West as well. Oh, sure, but as an instrumental.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's Kanye is a prime fucking example of keep those vocals off. Oh, we
0: for real. Um, uh, because, Jesus Christ, he's got some shit lyrics. Oh, man, I am. But I'm... Look, Kanye is... I've never tried a Kanye Kool-Aid. No, I, I think he's got
1: three good songs... And he ruins them all by talking about that. I mean
0: and, and if you're listening to this, please get in contact. <laughs> Tell us why we're wrong. I know oh. you know, I have had I've had big arguments with like my friend Sean about this, mm. who you know thinks is a genius. And so many people think Kanye and, and I don't get it. I think he's no. Emperor's New Clothes bullshit. So do I. I yeah, really, really yeah, yeah. do. Yeah. you know, I mean I mean to be honest with you, I never really forgave him for ruining that third dilated peoples record. I, see, I don't even remember him on that. Uh, he's a neighbourhood watch. He's on the single, when is he it? produced quite a few of the tracks. Okay, right. Fucking, he made it. Ugh. Yeah. Ah. Well, indeed. anyway.
1: But so, in terms of this song, I came round to the not minding the religious bits because it's it is framed as a story. It's mm-hmm. not him going, "In Jesus, brilliant." It's it's a, a little story and a parable about these musicians and the shelter they take, and and, and yeah, that's sort really of it, it's. It's absolutely fine with me. Mm-hmm. He talks about Saint Cecilia, mm-hmm. who is the patron saint of musicians, yes. uh, and Suggs. Well, oh, indeed, I was going to say this is the other bit. This is reminds me oh, of. Sorry, did I fuck your punchline. No, no, no. no I was just, I was going to say, did you think about that? Yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen the clip, um, Simon Garfunkel had a song called Cecilia. Yeah. It was covered in the 1990s by the lead singer of Madness, Suggs. Yeah. And. When it was in the charts on the UK show Top of the Pops, yeah. they had a different presenter every week doing the, the, the top ten countdown, etc. And that week, it happened to be the boxer Chris Eubank, right. who therefore had to say... <laughs> they had to say, and at six, it's it Sugs with Cecilia. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. Oh, fucking Absolutely beautiful. beautiful. And it does make Eubank. me... Chris, so at thick it thugs with the um, it, it, it couldn't have been planned any better and I suspect it was planned is the thing I suspect either the uh, people uh, behind Top of the Pops mm. saw the chart and yeah. went oh mate someone's going to have to say this can we get Chris Eubank yeah. or someone knew that Chris Eubank was doing it and just completely overrode the actual charts and made that to be number 6 like it was at 8 and they were like Okay. Yeah, we can do this exactly I, i'm part of the bmi i'm just doing this <laughs> and
0: we've got a re-release of uh 666 <laughs> number of the beast
1: <laughs> oh man it's glorious but yeah it, 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 it does it's got some religious bits in it but i'm totally fine because it is it's a lovely tune it's a really nice tune again yeah very pleasant very gentle slowly builds layers 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 yeah it's another one of those
0: so okay we're at the end of track three mm. okay we'll, we'll take a break to what i think i am um, I was not expecting to be where I am on this record. No, absolutely not. I was so pleasantly surprised that I was
1: enjoying this Pulse Simon. Oh, fuck me. So did yeah, I. really was. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, but, yes, like you said, before we get into the rest of it, we'll take a wee break and we'll look at... Do we need a wee? A, a wee break? Fuck you. Uh, and we'll look at what was going on in the top ten. Again, this was... Uh, number one for two weeks this album the Paul Simon album so we've got a couple of new bits that we haven't seen before I think as well because we're getting towards not towards Christmas but we're getting towards the run up for mm-hmm. Christmas commercial. commercial Christmas yeah exactly there are a lot more best offs coming through and so the, mm-hmm. this top ten reflects that uh, at number ten Led Zeppelin's Remasters
0: yep that was a big release it was huge oh, yeah. it was a huge release I yeah. mean, I mean this was the first Led Zeppelin I ever heard Probably true for me as well. Uh, Darren Mm. bought this, and yeah, I listened listened to this, and went, I need to hear everything these people have ever done.
1: And it is, it's that perfect introduction. Because they have a tendency to... On their albums, go wildly off piste What you? Funnily about? enough, what are you talking about? But yeah, you stick that. What was this? Probably a fifteen-track album remasters? I oh, mean, no, more than that. Was I it a double think, CD? Yeah, double CD. Oh right, okay. Well, as for the, I mean, you know, I mean, I haven't
0: heard this record for years mm. because. I've got every oh, okay. really? yeah. I've got every Led Zeppelin album apart from in Through the Outdoors." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> With, which I've worryingly seen being critically reappraised by people recently, oh, and to the point okay. where I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to get it and listen to it. Again? Oh, I see. Actually, I don't have to get it. Do I, I can just listen to it on Spotify. It yeah, isn't technology brilliant. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, isn't it? it? And aren't I old because I'm thinking well, yeah, that way? True. Uh,
1: oh well, you yeah, know, it was it was probably my first. I I didn't have this album at the time uh, Mm. but
0: I didn't have it at the time I had it in about 92 yeah but it was it was one of those ones I bought
1: it in a sale and listened to all the way through and I heard bits and pieces. you hear stuff on radio someone's playing a whole lot of love where I've got mates who are Uh, big fans of the band didn't put some stuff on tapes for me
0: but this was the first there was a really weird coincidence that happened with me I mean just such a coincidence I would say like I I really started enjoying Led Zeppelin in a way that I hadn't before around the time I discovered marijuana I mean oh gosh what a coincidence no yeah it's weird isn't it and I've spoken to other people, and made exactly the same thing happened to them.
1: What a co-inky dink. Oh, bizarre, bizarre. Uh, number nine, Technotronic remixes. Fucking brilliant! Thanks. Who for that. cares, mate? No.
0: But, but this is the. How have they got? They've had a greatest hits album and a remix album yeah. at this point. They've had a year's worth of records. Yeah,
1: and that mega mix was in the top ten a couple of weeks back. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, fair fucking play to them. They went this ain't lasting. Yes, let <laughs> the shit out of this true actually <laughs> yeah, yeah we've got one album and a and a track with Yarkid K on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack that and nice. we're done and then we're out sure
1: yeah, yeah. retire to the Bahamas uh, number seven no no, sorry number eight The Shadows Reflection whatever uh, number seven George Michael's This of Prejudice which we've done yeah uh, number six New Kids on the Block the self-titled album I think it was right. re-released after yeah. the
0: success of Step by Step in the UK. Okay, so the, well, the, the self-titled album is the is the one before Hanging Tough. Yeah, it is. It's like yeah.
1: the nineteen eighty-seven one or something. It's
0: this is the this is the cash in. Of course, I think basically this record, as if I recall, had been available. As one of those seventeen-pound HMV American imports right. for ages, so I think what right. they did is they rinsed all of that money that they could out of those fans, buying it on the import, kept it expensive, kept the markup on mm-hmm. it, and then released it and in time for Christmas, Christmas again. again. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, and I I wouldn't be surprised if it had a different cover as well. So they had sure, to yeah, it twice. UK
1: cover. Yeah, true enough. Um, then next one is Jimi Hendrix Cornerstones, 67 to 70, not the best album. Mm. Like that. Uh, then Three Tenors in Concert, which we've had to talk about before. Uh, I've blocked that from my mind. It's for the best. That's like the fourth Indiana Jones film. It? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: then Status Schools, Working on Over the Years, which we talked about last week. Yeah. God, it is really great. It's heavy, isn't it? Really it really is. Uh, the
1: only. Uh, then the number two, the sort of the big new entry of a new album is Pet Shop Boys Behavior okay Saturday, what's on behaviour well didn't, we played so hard last week in yes. the top 10 so I'm guessing that was the big single
0: always liked the Pet Shop Boys mm-hmm. uh, as a singles band mm-hmm. uh, I think so. I would quite like to see the Pet Shop Boys live given yeah. the opportunity if yeah they, if they did the hits yeah oh I, yeah
1: I, I know I've got friends who are like, big fans and buy every album go and see them when they play small shows playing the new albums
0: well like Wind Generators
1: what fans
0: fucking hell <laughs> good god just 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 do that again let's just cut that out completely <laughs>
1: uh, yeah I've got friends who are big fans of the Petro Boys in general and go and <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry I was under uh, the temptation to just say it again with <laughs> so fucking fuck fuck it I'm leaving that in <laughs> you, you made your bet <laughs> hey
1: your fucking mum made sure <laughs> bet uh, but there you go there's your top ten uh, Lots of lots and lots of of best-offs. That's what we're going to do. And not much released in this time period. Again, it's only two weeks. That is worth talking about. The only ones I spotted are Inspiral Carpet's Life, which was their album off the back of this yeah It Feels, which did quite well for them. God, I hated that song when it came out. I liked it, but I got pretty bored of it pretty quick. Oh, just fucking dreary. Oh, I but mean, it is. It's downbeat and melancholy, but it's supposed to be. Ah, just so
0: fucking northern.
1: Uh, yeah, right. I'm only joking, Northern. <laughs> I
0: fucking love you.
1: Uh, and the other one, and I loved this one. Poppy itself, cure for sanity. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that, that, that was wasn't on
0: wasn't on the, the poppies train, as you
1: no, know. No, no, but it, yeah, I loved that. That was a. a I, I remember buying that pretty much as soon as it came out, and loving every chapter.
0: I it. I do feel like I missed out on the Popolite itself it, thing. I think I would the have. lot you would have got a lot out of them. Yeah, I do. And yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that you can't go back to, like when you tried to watch *Coming to America*.
1: Yeah, God. What was the other one? I watched *The Princess Bride* only a couple of years ago. Bag of shit. Oh fuck yourself. That's Get out, rubbish! Stop, Stop the, the recording. Stop recording! Get out of my house! And *Labyrinth*. Oh fuck yourself. Like, again,
0: I only saw that for the first time maybe three or four years ago. Okay, you—you—I re- you, you, mean, you're a, basically you're a 40-year-old you a forty-year-old man watching it joylessly in your fucking spunk. Indeed, <laughs> okay. and I didn't enjoy it.
1: Well, what did you expect? I expected it to be a bit of fun. It's dull. Don't now,
0: ah, mate. But let's. Should we go over your? What, tell me what your top twenty, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> are. Well, we haven't the time. Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you could probably <laughs> fucking do them to twenty. And it would be like, oh, is this gonna be twenty-one or is this oh, gonna be twenty? well we all know Crank 2 is number one well, hey, well Crank 2 is Crank 2 is a film that transcends Statham yeah true <laughs> yeah, okay there you go that's, that's all I've got for albums this week let's get back into uh, the, this record it with track awesome. number four. Four, four is called Proof a tribute to uh, Eminem's mentor <laughs> yeah. member of D12 presumably <laughs> of course yeah yeah <laughs> And this was a UK single. Yeah. Do you not think there's something very Super Mario theme about this? Uh, I see. Uh, I not know. Okay, well, let's stop a second. Mm-hmm. Look for the Super Mario theme. Okay. Oh, I know this. <laughs>
1: the hell now, listen to that again. Okay, so we'll go back to Paul Simon. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say <saying> that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's definitely there's parallels there.
0: <laughs> God damn it. So it, it, whatever it is, it's a bit theme park. <laughs> Now, this one, to me, mm. of all the songs on this record, recalls Call Me Al the most. In the just the overall feel of it, because yes. it doesn't have any of the catchy hook. No, 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 no. I mean, nothing yeah. on this record like, no, no. is attempting anything close to that. No. But what this has got is some really lovely imagery in it. Okay. Uh, lyrically, uh-huh. like there's a thing in here. It's like uh, wash your ha- wash your tangled curls with uh, gambler's soap.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a
0: really nice. You know, I, I mean, I didn't know what gambler's soap. was I looked at it up. Oh, gambler's soap is apparently it's a tradition. It's a uh, soap made uh, in a special way that is supposed to infuse. You wash your hair with it. You wash yourself with it before you go gambling. And it's oh. supposed to infuse you with luck. Oh, I see. Okay. I just think that's. I me. just think that's like a really nice. there's some really nice little turns of phrase in here. Right, that uh, that kind of worked really well. The whole thing, right? And it, much as I think that Super Mario thing holds water, I think mm. it makes me laugh. This whole thing really reminded me of something that I couldn't put my finger. Oh, on. really? Yeah. Is it? Did it remind you strikingly about? It? No.
1: It, no. Uh, the only thing I have is that it, it's a hark back to the sound of Graceland, the game. Okay. But it didn't remind me of anything else specifically. No.
0: Okay. I didn't. I mean, this is not my favorite one on this record. No. I don't think this is very good. I think it's forgettable. It's certainly more forgettable than the last three. Yes. I... Yes. Er... Uh, it's not my favourite, but like I say, there were there was there were enough bits and pieces in there that I I did like. All oh, right, so it kept you interested in enough. Yeah, broadly speaking. Broadly, yeah. speaking. Okay. okay. But I mean, I've got very few notes on it. I've probably got fewer notes on this than most of them. So sure. Uh, whenever I, I find it strange that this was released as a single. Oh, you know, this is this is, this is really
1: not a single. No, this is absolutely not a single. And fair, it only got to number eighty-nine. So yeah. everyone else agreed. Yeah. But when you're listening through the album, I don't understand why you'd even positive as a single no "Mm -hmm." I think no one's playing that I mean
0: as I say this is the one that recalled Call Me Out most Mm -hmm. to me so
1: perhaps
0: maybe I I, do you know what I think that maybe what this is is someone saying well this is more accessible because Mm. it hasn't got some of these challenging things in it but actually you know what those challenging things are sometimes what you hang your hat on with a song okay In the absence of a big hook, like an interest in kind of polyrhythm or an interest in something you haven't heard of, that can be the thing that takes you there. I mean, this is not an album full of pop hits. Oh, not at all. You know. Not at all. The fact that this is a number one pop album is almost... It's a strange one.
1: I mean, this did not sell as well as it was expected to. Because it was not an album of pop hits. Exactly. But it was ultimately like we said it's, it's a, a multi platinum record oh, yeah, it's, yeah it did it sold a couple of million but it sold half if that as many as the previous record sure and, and you know fair enough it sold a lot because it's a Paul Simon record Paul Simon's got legions of fans of course he does but it's not this is not an accessible record I don't think at all um, I, I, I think he put this out for himself more than anything else
0: yeah I mean I, I well Okay. I suppose he, that's what everyone does. I I, I wonder if, and it, you know, I'm I'm speaking from a place again of getting not having a relationship with Graceland. Mm. I wonder if he went. Okay, well, I've taken you on the first step of this journey. So ah, now right, let's yeah. now now we're ready for level two. Maybe, you know, maybe his his impression is okay well this is this musical journey i'm going on mm-hmm. uh i've been here and i've you know and okay, so now we're working with these different rhythms you know sure you know because this is a super super percussion heavy yes. record yeah he was just thinking okay well this is what people will be interested in and, maybe. You know, and perhaps you know perhaps if they had put out some of the more challenging things people may have latched onto him, you know yeah, maybe but, you, know, you know put something out with a good video in, in 1990 and you know you could true makes you, a difference you could sell the second track you sell Can't Run Butt as a yeah maybe you I know, don't know maybe we like it yeah true
1: I wonder if I would have liked Can't Run Butt when I was fifteen,
0: I know I wouldn't have liked any of this when I was
1: fifteen. Well, I liked I liked the August Child. I did like it as a single.
0: Okay, so proof so brief bit. Of, probably the first limp biscuit on this record. <laughs> nice. I don't know why I said that,
1: but it is. It's it's a bit of a nothing song. Yeah, for it's me.
0: a it's a boiled potato.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, mate, you're talking about who loves a fucking potato. <laughs> I'm talking
0: about man who loves fucking potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's move on from that. <laughs> I've had a long week, man. <laughs> I've had a long fucking week. Track like five then is further to fly. an interesting enough little hook Mm.
2: right
0: i I didn't like this one as much either i've got Mm, to say no i was hoping we're going to disagree about stuff a bit more on this one right Right. well but this uh, there's no melody as such
1: there are no tunes no in
0: in this in this vocal i mean the the, what we mentioned he mentioned rose of jericho in uh the the song the coast and he mentions it again here so i don't know what the significance of the rose of jericho is oh, I, I, looked up I, can't remember. Yeah, I don't i mean I, I had a little look and i couldn't see anything so this this mm. one's kind of it's got some dark lyrics in it as well about a shadow hanging over a family mm-hmm. you know it kind of refers to a death perhaps right um, as it as it goes as a lot of these songs do it does build and there's some better rhythms come into it towards the end but then just when you're thinking okay maybe you're going somewhere Motherfucker breaks him with the panpipes. That's the, pipes the like, hell. Yeah, Go to Why yourself, are you doing man. that? Like, not, I don't care how worthy your record is. I don't care what you're doing. Mm. If you've broken out the panpipes. You fucked up.
1: Yeah, you have. You've left yourself in some sort of cul de sac that you don't want to be in. Yeah, exactly. You can't come back and go. Oh, hold on! Now here's a brilliant guitar solo. Yeah. Oh shit! No, wait, wait, wait! Don't run away. Mm. I've got this thing coming. No, you've fucked yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, unless your reason for playing them is to hold off a horde of giant guinea pigs, <laughs> then no excuse. No, there's no excuse. Yeah. No. Yeah. You you know that reference. No, it's the South Park. Do you know? You know, in the oh shit! Itself. Yeah. Oh, well, oh
1: yes. Okay. A, yeah. I don't want to uh, explain
0: that on the podcast. I want to leave that as an an oblique reference for those that understood it. So well, I'll take it out. See I I it you we up. it. Up. No, no. We we'll leave it. We we'll leave this in. I want you exposed. Fine. <laughs> oh, we'll cut it out. I don't care. <laughs> but well, there, I think there's no tune to this. No, there, there, there is no tune. There is no tune to it. I mean, there's some religious thing in here as well. They talk about the great the great deceiver, which is obviously. Right. You know, I mean, the great to see traditionally uh, Satan. I don't know whether whether that or is David deliberate or David <laughs> Copperfield <laughs> <laughs> or Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> oh no, he's just a great receiver. Hey. hey. Um, so yeah, when well, I, I don't know whether that's deliberate or not, or whether it's just whether well, I've just read something into that, and it maybe
1: just just for the thing. But, but yeah. of, I didn't understand what no, he was talking about. Uh, in this one
0: again, very little to say on this. Um, yeah. A little bit disappointed actually coming into the section of the album because it started so strong and this is yeah those first
1: three yeah like wicked where is this going yeah and this yeah these next two have, have really brought it back down for me I, this to be honest whenever I was going into this album I was thinking all right this is going to be a Paul Simon probably not as good as Graceland mm. probably more world music which I don't particularly enjoy mm. and these last couple of songs have been what I expected to hear
0: yeah I think the difference between these songs because you know. Ostensibly, it's a similar style throughout. But what is different is the the quality of the composition.
1: Mm. And I'll come back to this. There is no hook to it. There's no riff. There's no tune. There's nothing that I'm coming out with. It just does some stuff Mm -hmm. for four minutes. Yeah, and it chucks a pound pipe in, or it just has a little break, or whatever. It doesn't actually have a, a solid base for me. I don't see the point in this. No, not at all. No. Yeah. I mean, the only point that I can see is that he got Hugh Masekela in on Flugelhorn to a bit of a guest spot.
0: I mean, are, I mean, are those words that you just <laughs> said? <laughs> yeah, you what? know. Hugh Masakela on Flugelhorn. Indeed, You're yeah. You're talking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like someone's internet password. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, what's your password for your internet, Dave? Oh, it's uh, Hugh Wassakayler on Flugelhorn. Oh, right. oh, is that all, all caps? All ca- no, no. You... <laughs> yeah. And it's
1: got Randy Brecker and Michael Brecker again in it. But this is Randy Brecker. Yeah, that's his brother. Randy Brecker. Yeah, that's a
0: sh- that's a shame. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Randy Brecker. It's like a man that's horny for like food early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, indeed. In, know, in Australia. In Australia. Bit of Brecker. Oh, Does it Reckon, mate? Is that what it is? Who knows? <laughs> Fair that's, enough. Mate. That's how they talk, isn't it? I mean, do we get any Australian downloads? Oh, I've got like one. Do we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've we got that like, Ecuadorian download. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: true. Next thing we're doing this
0: um, i I'm fairly sure that someone, that one of Alice's, is just going, I oh, whereabouts so I'm going to listen to this from the VPN yeah, today. So quite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking charted in Ecuador, though, mate. <laughs> what the hell? Spotify. <laughs> No, no,
1: okay, I've got nothing else on Further to Fly I think it's a norm event of a song Yeah, yeah. I'm with you Right, moving on to track six She Moves On She Moves On
0: Oh, percussion's building Yeah Bit stomp Oh, nice
1: dramatic this one. Oh yeah. Bum, 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 bum. It's a bit more <coughs> of my Maori machine. Yeah.
0: Oh here we are. We've got the partridge base coming in. about this vocal. In terms of the sound of it, I think it's quite nice. I really like this one. I do don't yeah? know, that, that, that oh, It doesn't do anything I, for I, me. I don't, know. I don't hate I, it. it. No, I, I just really I was really in the zone when I was listening to this yeah. one just voice came in I was like oh yeah really that really clicked with me. Yeah. Okay. Really like the vocal on this
1: one. The man. vocals to me the vocal is probably the best bit of this song for me because I the
0: backing track doesn't do it at all. I think, <sighs> I, think I think there's no tune to that at all. There's not a great deal of tunes, but again we get into those kind of complicated percussive rhythms mm-hmm. as we go later and I'm just a sucker for them, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it kind of puts me in mind of those instrumental bits on Lateralist by Tool Yeah, some of those kind of tribal bits in several Tuna records. Oh, I see, okay. And I just did exactly that thing. You, I did, you said it, it as if you were fucking in fucking Brazil. That's it. exactly what I got <laughs> fucking annoyed <laughs> with Paul Simon <laughs> for doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, but in terms of The subject matter. Mm -hmm. How are you on this? I've made no notes about it. I can't remember what it was. This is the one about Carrie Fisher. Oh, is it? Yep. This is about all about Carrie Fisher because Paul Simon was married to her. Okay. At this point, apparently they weren't even speaking. It was very bitter. Right. They were not speaking to each other. I think they got a bit better afterwards, but uh, this is about his ex-wife. Okay. And how she was never really present in the relationship. She was always doing something else and always leaving. Mm -hmm. And I suspect. He was probably um, doing the same stuff to her because he would have been on tours and going and recording Graceland or whatever. Yeah. But this is all about her. And apparently she references
0: this song in her memoir as well. Oh, OK. I've yeah. never read a memoir. I, I kind of... Yeah. I've always always wanted to, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I find it too sad now she's dead. Well, maybe so. Mm. Maybe so,
1: Need a bit of time. But this is, uh, a, I think, quite a bitter song mm. about... A relationship.
0: Okay, I'd not. I mean, I think because I didn't have context for that, mm. I hadn't pulled that out. This is right. this is one of my this is one of my favorite ones on the record. Oh, really? Okay. Really, really, but, really, really, Because, because of like, his vocal on it, basically. Or, well, know, you've said about, about other stuff as well. Yeah, there's just a lot in it. I just, I, I think as well, coming after two tracks where I was thinking, oh, is this is this done now?" Mm. Uh, I, I was nicely caught nicely surprised by this one Yeah, okay. I, I just I just really like the feel of this one I like that kind of bluesy guitar in there mm-hmm. I like the horns in it okay yeah, I, I, yeah I, a lot to like in this tune I think and there is there's a nice little bit um, if you're thinking about it in terms of
1: a past relationship where it's it's all gone wrong now there's a telling line where she says maybe these emotions are as near to love as love will ever be so I agree Right. There's, a, there's a real, there's a barrier between the two. Like, mm-hmm. this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're probably right. I think there's a sadness to it. There's a sadness because it's not working and it is it fell apart for whatever reasons. But I do think there's a kind of a sniping from his side about it's your fault. Which it probably wasn't all her fault. Let's face it.
0: Oh uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, think of any breakup you've ever yeah, had. Sure I mean, is. how how keen are you to see the other person's side? Well, indeed. Yeah. Depending on the, on, well, the depending on time frame,
1: but yeah, I don't know how long after the breakup he wrote this, but it it definitely has elements of, yeah. You see, this is this is your new it doesn't sound like an angry song but I think there are definitely elements yeah. of that
0: Then I fall to my knees shake a rattle at the skies I'm afraid that I'll be taken abandoned forsaken in a cold coffee eyes Yeah that's yeah. I mean that's not yeah. that that's not a positive endorsement it's of it's not. One, is It certainly is not
1: I think I read that uh, the cold coffee eyes line was the bit that she references as well in terms of knowing that's about her and I don't know if she was being angry about the fact that he'd written this song or if she was accepting that there were elements that mm. yeah that's me
0: I mean I don't I don't really know the chronology how deep in the uh, in the nose bag was she at this point
1: I don't know but it was I mean, again this was recorded in the late 80s they were married through the the start of the 80s yeah. that's drug central yeah you know especially for movie stars and pop stars
0: well I mean like particularly for Carrie Fisher well, yeah tr- yeah what, what, what movies was she doing in the mid 80s well I mean uh, she, she'd she done Return of Jedi right? Return of right. Jedi came out in 1984 it was a real right. film 1983 I mean she wasn't doing loads was she she was She's probably doing too many drugs well I mean quite yeah. quite yeah. literally in a night a wasn't she I don't know do you know I mean I, I don't want to that's my understanding Right, but sure. I don't, don't, don't want to speak word. with authority when nah. I don't really know nah, sure enough. So, okay, so yeah, I I really like that one. You warm on
1: it. I think it's again because there's no tune and I don't want to be a broken record, there's nothing that I took away from this going, Oh I'd like to listen to that again. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know? So next one, track number seven. Born at the right time. It reminds me of some of the old Simon and Garfunkel
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: tunes, so that little guitar bit. Yeah,
0: it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, it's almost, it's almost folky, isn't it? Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah bef- before the rest of
1: the Rhythm of the Saints sound comes into it, yeah. it starts off like a late 60s Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. tune, yeah.
0: There's not a great deal in this one musically that grabs me. No, I, I,
1: again, I think this is a bit dull.
0: At the same time, I don't. I think it sits quite nicely on the record. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not of the opinion that every song on an album needs to stand out. I think you can have. I think sometimes a, a little bit of padding on an album in the right place mm. actually makes the whole journey okay. a little bit better. Right. Which I think, which is which is a weird thing to say almost, but. You do sometimes want a little palate cleanser on a record, okay. If you're listening to the whole thing, uh, and, and and I guess that is maybe, and that's something that you know I don't want to get lost in with the way. Because obviously we do these records track by track, yeah, and that doesn't necessarily always tell the, the story. No, and
1: we have we said before maybe we should just spend very little time on the ones that are obvious album tracks. Exactly, and this is I'd say it's, it's along those lines. yeah, well, I, mean, I think lyrically it's, it's worth a comment, though. Oh, no, and this was another single. Was it? This was this was tr- single number three released in the UK. See, uh, if, I don't I don't even think it charted.
0: I, I see. I mean, I think that what we can see from here is. The choices have been made about what has the least rough edges right yes because no. that's that seems to be what sure, they've, they've yeah. gone with here yeah um so i mean what i think's interesting to miss is you know we talked talked a bit about a kind of a white savior kind yes of privileged thing and that's sure. lyrically what this is about absolutely and you can very much approach this from two ways because if, if you make your mind up that that's what he's being then this whole song is total white savior okay you know? but if you take it from the other perspective and you give the benefit of the doubt on it, it's a really pleasingly self kind of uh self aware. You know, self aware thing where he's got the perspective and he's mm. like kind of actually going, right, this is what we're doing and I'm aware of this and yeah. and being careful around You know what what that is. You know, there's there's all kinds of arguments people make. You know, musicians are musicians, and music is a you know is a universal language. So you go and you expose these different things that happen around the world. You give the exposure. I mean, you know, without Paul Simon, would Lady Smith Band bars or whatever baked beans advert? I don't know. Not necessarily, would not. You know, I mean, you know I think that would have been a loss to the British public It'd <laughs> yeah, um, it would have been lost
1: to Pines yeah
0: indeed it would probably been a significant gain to Cross and Blackwell who's, that's
1: true actually
0: whose su- superior beans uh, uh, lost out well Cross oh, and Blackwell beans good don't think I've ever tried them well, good mate get on it they cheaper oh, right. done you've, you've yeah. persuaded me I bet you buy I bet you buy own brand beans fucking there. right mate what's beans what's wrong with you it's beans sake, that's not oh my god anyway like so yeah, I, I mean, I think you know, I think it's interesting that, that he's addressed it. I think it's, I'm glad that he that he has. Right. Yes. Because um, yeah,
1: you, you from the start of the album were a little concerned about maybe his intentions
0: and was he aware of what he was doing? Yeah, and uh, and not even so much that as, as I'm well aware that it's just one of those things that hasn't dated as well. Okay. Uh, and you know and I, you know what that's not my kind of politics particularly I, you know I'm, I'm not like super woke on this stuff mm-hmm. do you know what I mean but you know I, I'm also well aware that there can be issues yeah like you know I mean me and you are not the best people to debate this anyway but, no you know like we've said before I'm not sure what the world needs is two more white workplace opinions right yeah, it's it just means. yeah like we're just too twats to talk about music, well, but exactly. um, I'm glad that there's some awareness in it. Because I, yeah, I agree. I think
1: and you did say you could look at it two ways. I didn't even consider that he would have been doing this unaware of what he was doing. I think all the lyrics are him going, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I accept." I, mean, I don't even know, was it a phrase at the time? White privilege? I suspect it probably wasn't in 1990, but he was accepting that he had it. Yeah, and I mean, Christ, how, I mean, how can you not? Oh, this is the thing, you know, well, he's, a, he's a fucking multi-millionaire. Yeah. Uh, he started singing right out of college and was signed virtually immediately, was hugely successful mm. all of his life. He's never known uh, anything else, really. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he's had this easy life. Uh, well let's not let's not say easy that's, that's an unfair thing to say I'm quite sure the life of a singer having to do those ridiculous tours and record those albums isn't as easy as we think it is I but
0: mean, you know he had to, had to be married to the incredibly beautiful Carrie Fisher as gutted, well
1: gutted gutted bastard yeah but in terms of the you know when you look at he's not working in a coal mine he's not you know in an abattoir He's, no. he's fucking
0: I mean that's why he's recorded half of these songs <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> But he admits he's had this easy life And his travels He's been lucky They've taken him to the, to some poorer places Where he And again he has described himself in this song As an uninvited guest mm-hmm. he's, he's aware of the whole thing He knows his place That he's visiting And he can leave So whatever poverty and hard times he's seeing He's not part of yeah. But he's, he's telling stories. But,
0: and you don't want to be that kind of disaster tourist, though, either,
1: do oh, you? No, no, I'm sure he's not going to these places specifically because, oh, this is going to be, you know, horrible. Yeah. But that's what happens. He's going to places where there's musical music that in- interests him, and he wants to be part of that and take some bits away. Definitely. He wants to take bits away. He's appropriating like a motherfucker. But, you know, I, I tell you,
0: this will be of no surprise to you at all, but... I think the reason a lot of this stuff sticks in my throat sometimes is just the fucking smugness that sometimes comes along Not with sure. it. Like, you'll be of no surprise to you that the prime example I would give would be Damon Albarn's Marley Music Project. <laughs> like, nothing boils <laughs> right. my fucking piss more uh-huh. than that. I mean, that guy based his entire career on appropriating working class culture. Right, right yeah. A fucking middle-class little prick right right <laughs> art school asshole, right <laughs> a fucking hack cunt right uh-huh. i hate him yeah right and that whole kind of oh yeah well how can you even uh how can you even have a party if you're not inviting these people to the party fuck off <laughs> God, <laughs> fuck off david albarn i hate you oh uh-huh. uh, I, I can't even do you know what? i can't even put together a cohesive funny argument for the podcast because i just fucking hate that cup, you really so do you really do. anyway I look forward to reviewing the Blur albums that we've got to do in a few years a couple indeed Blur fans you'll look forward to those we'll <laughs> <laughs> have to have an extra swear warning on those oh, I believe oh mate I, I mean you might have to get a guest in for those but ah. I, I might just explode <laughs> anyway right so look that is Okay. so there's, that's the middle section of the album really yeah so not as strong as no not as strong as the first one I no, would I... say that's a, a one and a half out of four for me I didn't like any of them oh, okay Um, uh, I think uh, She Moves On is a good song well I'd say one of my favourites on the record right okay yeah it didn't do it for me okay Okay. Fair
1: there off. you go that, that's the middle bit of the album Don't set I it with a fight uh, fine yeah cock, oh, cock fight you heard
0: <laughs> put it away where did you even get a chicken <laughs> from hey um, but yeah let's take a break
1: from the album again and we'll look at the top ten singles of this week <laughs> Right, so the week that I'm looking for in singles is the first week this was number one, no, sorry, the second week this was number one, the 28th of October to the 3rd of November. A lot of these I found were from film soundtracks. Yes, they seem to be weighted heavily in that direction. For example, number 10 is Bobby Vinton's Blue Velvet. Okay. Uh, which Had I think last week, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. So that's on its way out of the 10. Number 9, though. No. S, S, D, S, D, N, D. I want a Oh, Step Back in
0: Time, Yes, mate. Mean, Jesus yeah, Yeah. Took me a
1: minute, though. Yeah, Step Back in Time. I think that's one of her better songs. I really do. Well, I do as
0: well. I mean, because obviously a few weeks ago we had uh better the devil you know Indeed. so this is this is her hitting that kind of disco diva yeah period where she's yeah she's kind of yeah banging out those disco hits starting to you know kind of hit the hot pants face
1: yeah she's it, uh i guess i mean the word is not matured from i should be so lucky because this isn't a grown-up record but no. there's a progression
0: like I say I wouldn't say more mature but she's starting to kind of emerge as more of a kind of distinct voice as opposed to another one of those packaged voices out of that hit factory it's a
1: fuller sound yeah yeah that's true
0: enough there's more personality in it
1: Mm, indeed Uh, number eight is status Call's anniversary waltz number seven
2: Um, Happy Mondays Happy yeah. Mondays
1: Kinky Afro yeah this was the other big song you know Step On kind of Brooklyn through into yeah. the, the public consciousness and then they followed up with Kinky Afro oh I love this song man I yeah. absolutely love this and song and to be honest this is probably for me a better single than Step On Step yeah, On is well, maybe it's just overplayed I'm not sure but Kinky Afro's got more of a a swagger to it I do think if you look at Happy Mondays in an objective way, they're fucking dreadful. Oh, of course, you know, they are absolute awfulness. I mean,
0: they're no black grape. <laughs> God, we're gonna have to do that album, I think. You know, I think black grape was, was number one. No, uh, to be fair, I mean, like, I probably know that one quite well because we were working H and when it came actually, out, yeah, and yeah. they did play that album yeah. a bit in there.
1: But if you look at Sean Ryder as uh, a vocalist, terrible can't mm-hmm. sing. Lyricist, nonsense. Mm-hmm. You look at Bears, you yeah, know, whatever. He's he's there, he's but he's doing Might nothing else. Up. Musician-wise, there is some skill, but they're not exactly uh, you know top of their game. No. But they can occasionally write a very good tune, and that's what matters.
0: I know exactly it. So, you know, like, if you can play a bit and you're off your heads and you can find a, something to dance to and you can reproduce yeah. that, oh, it's probably going to be all right. Indeed, that's all you need. Uh, next one then, number six. <laughs> quite an opening oh my lord yeah.
1: <laughs> Linda Carlisle yes mate we want the same thing I, I enjoyed this at the time oh well. yeah me too yeah. I'm enjoying it now <laughs> it is a good the other big ones for her at that time was Heaven is a Place on Earth it was a bit earlier wasn't it
0: yeah, I thought I had about
1: eighty-seven. Oh, maybe it was back then. And circle I, in the sand. Is that the yeah,
0: I feel like that was that a, previous a, album. Then? Yeah, what's 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 the album called? Is it, you got it? Does it say what yeah, no. the album's called on Spotify? No, but yeah, she had a run of, run of good songs. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Next one, number five. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm pretty sure I didn't like this at the time.
2: But going back to it,
1: the chorus is fucking
2: banging fine. You got a way that you me feel I can do you,
1: baby. I'll you, that voice.
0: It's fucking
1: really it's fact, yeah it's far too long yeah but this is obviously the production on it isn't that Whitney thing we're, we're kind of used to there's the, that real uh, bad 90s house production on this yeah uh, because that's what was big in the charts at the time but yeah that her voice is brilliant and I think that's a fantastic chorus.
0: Oh, it's a great chorus, yeah. yeah I mean, really I, 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 I didn't know what the fuck it was for so long there. Mm, The intro bit is
1: like, okay, this sounds like a lot of other stuff. But yeah, once it gets in there. Yeah. That's, yeah top absolutely. quality.
0: Amazing, amazing big chorus. Top of the quality. Uh,
1: number four is uh, Maria McKee's Show Me Heaven. Oh, amazing. Yeah, which we, we ah, had last week. Just brilliant. Amazing.
0: But this is where, you know, like I'm
1: thinking, oh, we've had a few of these from film soundtracks, because Blue, Blue Velvet, back yeah. to the start, that's a soundtrack. Then we've got Show Me Heaven. Yeah. And then number three okay. is a re-release. It's the 1990 release. Take My Breath Away? Yeah. It's, it was called Take My Breath Away in
0: 1990. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I wonder, because obviously Days of Thunder is out. Yep. And Days of Thunder is doing big business. Yep. And maybe it's just like, okay, well, let's get this out. Again. I think you might be right. Because yeah. you, exactly, you've
1: got Marie McKee is riding yeah. high in the charts so they there's presumably some collective yeah. recollection of that I, song I, I mean well. Days of Thunder
0: is basically Top Gun in like the of cars. cars yeah uh, bonus point if you can remember what uh, Tom Cruise's character was called in that film well, in Days of Thunder yeah you're fucking joking me Cole Trickle <laughs> how do you know that because I'm
1: Cold trickle
0: google it motherfucker no, no I'm sure you're how right. the
1: hell do you know that
0: oh, I just, Christ I just, mate because I know shit like that right yeah try and it I can't know. remember the things I'm supposed <laughs> to, to know
1: yeah uh, but there you go so again that's a one off a film and then number two we had last week is The Beautiful South A Little Time number one and I remember this this is probably my first exposure to this one on Chain Melody yeah so from, this, was I think this is from Ghosts, yeah. yeah. So, the, this was when Ghost was released, yeah. So, yeah, and this was fucking massive. Yeah, this went this was number one for ages when it came out as well.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean this version's okay, but obviously, the definitive version was done later by Robson and Robson oh, God. And I tell you, we've got to do two of their albums. No, we're not doing those we're records. Two we're albums, not doing man. them, Chris. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not do- uh, okay, like if you're, if you're if we get. Fifty tweets, oh, no. right? Saying that we have to do the Robson Green records, then yeah. I'll do them. Okay, and I'm fair, uh-huh. and I know how many Twitter follows we've no, got. Yeah, so I'm pretty that confident that's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. There's right? two of them. Like, yeah, both yeah. Christmas times so or one each year. No, I'm not doing them, man. No. I, look, I mean, all I will say is that Matey has at least redeemed himself by being badass, cool in Game of Thrones. That is very true. Yes, but there you go. There's your
1: top ten. Uh, then other singles that were released in this period, mm-hmm. uh, ones that peaked in the charts but never got really high, Lush, Sweetness and Light, okay. right, peaked at number forty-seven mm-hmm. this week. And this is this was the, my first uh, exposure to Lush as well. Mm-hmm. And this, in my mind, is what I think Lush are. Right. You know, whenever they did their ninety-four ninety-five stuff, which was a lot more. Straight, uh straightforward guitar indie band mm-hmm. that's not how I think of us. I think of us like this this beautiful swirling if, if, yeah, all those fucking terrible adjectives yeah. that the enemy would have used I think for this. I mean it is a lush
0: sound hey. yeah that's yeah, absolutely lovely that is nice that's yeah, it's, really, it's cool. really
1: good stuff uh, so I picked at 47 Taking at number 53 this week.
0: Nice. Yes, mate. Your mother's got gold nipples. How <laughs> <laughs> did you know? <laughs> Run for your life by the night. Run for, for your wife.
1: Yeah, man. Bit of peeing. I mind to blow you down. Can't do nothing for you. One of the the rare flavor. where they let
0: Flav have the the, the full they, microphone? They kind of let him have one on each track, didn't he? On one on each album. I'm lamping, lamping, oh, Start oh, no. lamping. Yeah, took the jeep upstate, cold camping. Brilliant, <laughs> fucking great man. <laughs> Bizarre. I love. I mean, I, I, I mean, Flavor Flav's. He's. I mean, he's awful, isn't he? But I yes. love
1: him. Oh no, they, yeah, he adds to Public Enemy.
0: He's like salacious crumb to Chuck D's Jabba the Hull. <laughs> that's, that's a terrible oh, analogy. Amazing.
1: Uh, the only other ones, uh, I'm, I'm not going to bother playing these. Well, one I'm definitely going to bother playing because you'll hit me, is Blur's She's So High. Mm-hmm. Which is, that, that was their very, very
0: first single, I think. And doesn't sound like the blur you hate. Do you know what, right? The misnomer is that I hate all blur songs. Oh, right. No. I don't there are there are blur songs that I am forced to, there are songs with Damon Albarn on them that I am forced to like uh-huh. I just hate Damon Albarn oh I see okay well She's So High I think was a great tune yeah and I and, and by particularly but that Parklife era mm. of super kind of do you know what I mean like 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 double Jamie Oliver Mockney yeah like fucking worse than Nigel Kenner. all that shit that tracksuit shit mm-hmm. go fuck yourself right I hate it I, That's I can't do this again <clears throat> no no no, sorry.
1: no totally fine uh, the other one uh, peaking at number 81 is Massive Attack's Daydreaming wow okay yeah it's very nice um, for some reason I thought that got higher than 81 I thought I remembered that being in a
0: chart mm-hmm. in the top 40
1: but I could well be wrong
0: again we've got the formation of clouds for what is to come, you know. Mm-hmm. Blur's first single, yep. Blur are going to start dominating the charts along with yep. the rest of that Britpop stuff in a few years' time. We've got Massive Attack coming through, uh, going to be huge very shortly. Yep. You know, you know the whole kind of uh, like Lush and that mm-hmm. indie and scene, bit. all kind of builds to the, the crescendo of Britpop and indie music. Mm. Turning into whatever that was,
1: right? Sure, but th- th- there's some lovely seeds being planted. Absolutely, yeah. you know, absolutely. <laughs> um, but let's go back into Paul Simon's rhythm of saints. We've got three tracks left. We'll finish this one off. Track eight is Cool, Cool River.
0: See, funny we were talking about soundtracks there uh-huh. this sounds very soundtracky to me oh you think yeah this yeah. sounds this sounds very different this sounds like kind of if you have this in an episode on Miami Vice or like a Brian De Palma movie oh okay okay yeah quite a funky guitar mhm it's
1: in 9-8 time is it now yeah because okay. you know that's the best time signature.
0: You counted or, that, didn't you? I know. I read it somewhere. One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight. No, <laughs> if one, two, Harrison's
1: three, four, listening, five, I'm sure he spotted it straight eh? away. Yeah,
0: I would imagine so. Yeah. Or Craig. Craig yeah, it's when true. we Used to be in a band. Craig used to count it out time signatures, and I had no idea what he was <laughs> fucking talking about. I'm just going to put the words here, Craig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so okay, this is a song about kind of the the rage of love turns inwards. That's quite a nice little turn of mm-hmm. phrase in there. You know, I I, I really. I really like these kind of the dark tones in this song and the mm-hmm. kind of the rhythms yeah the, this one's the, uh, this one's up there for me oh really this, this oh, put you back in one. did it love this one. Yeah. Oh, I
1: see oh this didn't right
0: I, I liked the message in it because the
1: message I got was it's a man caught up in the rat race who can't relax or enjoy life mm. because there's just constant pressure from all sides and the, the music fits that it's mm. that very it's just constant there's always something going on, and the cool, cool river is a metaphor for an inner peace that you'd want that's your goal sure. yeah but it's he's hard it can find hard to to get there that's, yeah. that you strive for it you but you to do so you have to work and work and work mm-hmm. and work to be able to be able to relax
0: see I, I, what I like about this is I like the oppressiveness of of of, of, of how this song sounds like tonally as mm. you uh, say they've got those kind of the rhythms in there like kind of backing that it up it's kind of a, like you say it is quite of an oppressive feel sure. within it but then you've got Paul Simon's lyric kind of just cutting through it mm. riding right that rhythm in a really nice way riding right the rhythm yeah. can you believe I'm yeah. saying that but I you but it, you know, it's like, well I
1: suppose uh, he's using his voice as an instrument
0: yeah exactly i'm really you know a big fan of a percussive voice right i, I do have a big soft spot for certain bits of prog mm-hmm. and it's always that kind of translate kind of percussive voice yeah. in and amongst a weird time signature oh, okay king crimson Tool, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff sure. I, I, I really, you know, a lot of stuff that stephen wilson does as well Really big into that kind of sound. So this this one to me was was reminiscent of some of those things. I see. I thought this one sounded, if anything, sounded a little bit out of place because it doesn't have the same. This sounds a lot more of an American song to me. Okay, right. This this sounds a lot more like. those instruments are bending towards uh, what a uh, Western in the a side. I yeah. guess so. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Rather than the other aspects that uh, run throughout the rest of the album. Exactly. Right. Uh, sure.
0: But but I don't but I don't think it's I, I don't think that's necessarily a negative. No. Well, right No. Totally. He's got.
1: He's a brilliant songwriter, and so if that's what the song he wants to write, go for it. I it, to me I think it's I think it's okay. Uh, in this I didn't get the same reaction to his voice that you have I think that the lyrics are quite interesting, I like, uh, there's a bit more about religion in this one where he's saying that prayers will help with the the pressure that we all feel and there's a spirituality that has been lost to uh, society and humans and we have gone towards a worship of money and this sort of yeah. commerciality stuff and he sees that if we returned to a, a spiritual side everyone would be happier that's yeah. like your cool cool river you know I, I, so, uh, lyrically, I think it's interesting, there's it a message there, but it, it didn't do much for me musically.
0: Ah, oh, see, so I I really like this one. Love this okay. one. Love this one. Alright. I'm yeah. like, nah, whatever.
1: Okay. Uh, should we do number nine then? track nine. Spirit voices? Spirit voices, yeah. Mm
2: hmm.
0: So this is an example where that this guitar tone is not that dissimilar to that other guitar mm-hmm. tone, but here I find it really annoying. All right, I see. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, I I
1: think this is very generic world music. It's this is yeah. This is a world music cudgel beating me, and I don't like what it's it's I'm trying to get no. me to like.
0: I mean, it's you know, Brujo. Yeah. He's a no. witch doctor. Yeah. Okay. Glad so to say it like that. Yeah. Oh, cunt <laughs> off. I'm, gonna fucking, I'm gonna hate this podcast. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, so he, he, rujo he, he, is a witch doctor, mate. Hey. So he visits this witch doctor. As a, basically this is about this this he, he he drinks his herbs, he gets mashed Yeah. It's a it's this is a classic fucking spiritual I found myself ayahuasca. I don't care about your yeah. story, mate mate you just went and got fucked up just mate do what everybody else does and sniff some glue behind the fair <laughs> you know i mean you can find yourself there and you get a go on the waltzer at the same time See, everyone wins exactly yeah everyone wins well mainly the people who wins are they uh, the guys who are running the, the fair carnies yeah true. yeah yeah the Carneys. <laughs> oh look, mark carney yeah he's the one that did best out of that family isn't he jesus christ went on to uh, uh, be the uh, governor of the bank of england just please, no. All of his brothers wearing coconut shirts. Stop it, it. God.
1: <laughs> and there was me thinking that my corny West would be a terrible fucking punk. <laughs> Oh, <Yeah>. mate. Anyway. <laughs> but this, yeah, this is uh, as generic as it gets for me on this. I have no interest in this sound. I have no interest in this yeah, sound.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't mind that little kind of foreign language bit. I think that... That's no, that's, look, that's fine. A, Pleasing to the ear, but this is right. not one of my favourite ones. I don't love the guitar tone. No. I think the story that that is a story I don't need to hear. I don't, mate. That, this is but what, tell you what this song is. This is someone's gap year. Exactly, it yeah. really is. And that's it's, yeah. mate. okay Oh, you did. Oh, you did what? Oh, you, oh, mm. oh, and you got dreadlocks, did you? Okay, well done, mate. Well yeah. done. Oh, and you didn't wash for six months. <laughs> yeah. oh Okay, and and, and how, how did you fall all of that? Oh, your dad's a banker. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, don't give a shit about this song. No. Um, not but, one of my favourites on here. Weirdly,
1: you just mentioned them. Uh, on guitar synthesizer is Adrian Bellew from King Crimson. Nice, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, he's on this song. I don't know what he's doing because I can't hear any influence from King Crimson on this. No. Any prog influence.
0: And the thing is, like, as much as I love King Crimson, hmm. there is not a member in, you know, in King Crimson who hasn't done something awful. Oh, yeah. I mean, Robert Fripp's done Toya, so... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no problem with yeah. Toya. It was just a cheap ah, joke. I you know, I love it. That's
1: brilliant. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's right. the way I tell them. Um Okay, so there you go, that's number nine. Last one? Yep. Yeah. Right, this was the title track, The Rhythm of the Saints.
0: doing that bit of percussion. Oh yeah? Okay, so yeah, a bit chancy. Lots of mentions of certain West African gods yeah, uh, in here. Um, not enough in this one again, really. Uh, some some all right bits of percussion, some nice mm. little bits of rhythm here and there, but I was pretty much done, done by this point. Almost, well, I? I, I didn't ever give up on it right. because there was enough in here that I liked throughout. There was some disappointments. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. So it, it, It's not a strong closer. It's not. They, it should not. Close the album this way. No. So yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's worthy and uh, self-important and dull. There's there's nothing going on here for me. Uh, I mean, I think there's a nice enough kind of message in there about overcoming obstacles and enemies mm. and all of those things and self-determination right uh i mean i've got a whole problem i've got a problem with the whole kind of positive thinking self-determination thing anyway i think it's generally fucking bullshit okay um it's it's it's, it's the kind of it's the it's the kind of thing that makes pyramid schemes possible (laughs) (laughs) see sure that's that's what it is right and it's it's bollocks but um yeah, so I've, I've kind of run out of things to say about these songs.
1: Well, this is the thing, right? I I think you've enjoyed this more than I have. Oh, I did. Uh, I haven't thought that any of
0: the songs were actually good since the third song. No, I've, I've enjoyed quite a lot of it. I yeah. would say, despite my misgivings on bits and pieces of it here and there, mm-hmm. as an album, I like it, and I will, you know, knowing that you know I'm probably got four or five listens into this yeah. and knowing how much I got out of things on that journey from no listens to none uh-huh. I'm prepared to give this enough benefit of the doubt that I reckon I might find more stuff in I it see. as I go Okay, because a lot of it you know even the stuff that I've not liked there's a lot going on in yes and I kind of hold in this in the same kind of world as I would hold like a kind of a prog record I guess Right. In that, in that, a lot of the time, the more you listen to those records, the more they reward you. You kind of pick up on something, and okay. your your brain kind of starts following that, and you tune into that, and then all of a sudden, that makes another sound on it sound a little bit different, and it all okay. and it all contextualizes. you know, I I kind of I, I like that about records. I like those records that you have to give that you don't immediately give to you, and you have to kind of dig into them. And right. overall. I I enjoyed this record infinitely more than I expected to. Well, yes,
1: indeed. No, the fact that you enjoyed any of it mm. means that you enjoyed it more than you thought you were going to. Yeah, I was, I mean, you, were, I, you weren't.
0: I mean, I really put off listening to this. It. I really mm. put put off listening to this one. Like, in a way that I didn't with other things that I was fairly sure I wasn't going to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was really pleasantly... Certainly the, the those first... In those first... I mean, it's a shame that it, it didn't yield what the first three tracks promised. Sure. But again... You know. Maybe that's
1: my issue as Mel. Well. Maybe because I do like The Obvious Child. I think it's a good single. I think the second track, Can't Run But, is fucking brilliant. Oh, for I sure. I think it's fucking brilliant. And therefore, it being track two meant that everything else was lesser. Yeah. And maybe there's that. But I didn't get out... Even on the... I think I probably listened to this four or five times as well. Mm. Some of it was in the background. You know, just mm. in, the, uh, in the kitchen. But I didn't get any more out of it with each time.
0: Okay. Well, I, as I say, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on with this. I'm gonna okay. go back to it from time to time and, and check it out. Cool. Um, you know, I, I went into this thinking this is a record that isn't gonna be for me at all. Sure. Uh, and came out pleasantly surprised. That's, you know... That, well, that's all I, you can ask for. A rest. And, Brilliant. you know, for, for me, this is exactly why, you know, I mean, I say this is exactly why we do the podcast. For the, for the most part, the reason we do this podcast is to listen to New on the Block and take the piss Yeah, off. true. But actually, this is one of those things... Uh, in much the same way that Sinead O'Connor record was a surprise yeah, to me. that was terrific. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, really, really glad we've done this one. Good. Okay. So, uh,
1: in terms of putting songs onto our playlist. I
0: mean, I don't think there's really any... I think this I, 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 mean, I, I think I, this is going to be the easiest thing we've ever done, isn't it? Well, for, well if...
1: Uh, I don't know, because you've got ones like uh, She... she
0: yeah, but, I mean, you got nothing from them. No, I didn't. I got nothing from and them. And it's got to be, you know... I, I, the consensus. Yeah, I mean, unless there's nothing that anyone likes and we just have to right? Have no. to pull something out. I mean, it's going to be tracks one, two, and three, isn't it? Totally. I mean, those, those are my three favourites. Yeah, okay. well, I mean,
1: track but two, Head and Shoulders Above Everything Else. That's the that's, that's my favourite as well. Right. That's uh, my f- I, I would... I think that track three, The Coast, is, is very good. I do have fond memories of The Obvious Child, and I think that the, drama, the, the massive, massive percussion in it is uh, really fucking wicked.
0: Okay, so this to... was the, the last original non-compilation album of 1990. Yes. Okay, so that would leave us with 12 podcasts for 1990. We don't think we're quite done with it yet. There are two notable best-of albums coming out... Yes. ...that we think we can have a conversation about. Yeah, there are two big ones coming out. Yeah. So, basically, I'm an enormous Madonna fan, and Mm -hmm. I stand by... have the opinion that *Immaculate Collection* is quite a record, and I want to talk about it. Indeed, and that's the one that
1: was number one over Christmas. So that's yep. the, the last number one album of 1990. Yeah. So we're we're gonna do an episode on that. We're gonna do yeah. a bonus po- podcast on
0: that one. Yeah, and because I'm driving that one, Krista has quite rightly turned around and say, "Well, if we're doing Madonna, then we're also doing doing the best of Elton John." We're gonna do the best yeah. of Elton John, and hey, I'm totally. excited. I'm excited to dig into it because, as we said when we did the uh, sleeping with the, uh, the past, past uh, I, I don't know a lot of it, so sure. that's, that's going to be an interesting one for me. Um, we can have a massive debate about um, whose best of album is better. Yes, Madonna's. <laughs> um, so we're gonna release. So we're gonna. That's gonna be what our next two podcasts are, and then when we're done with that, we're gonna do a special episode, which will be our best of 1990 and yeah. um, what we're going to do there we're still deciding exactly what the format is but basically Krista and I are already starting the process of trawling through every album that was released that year we're going to dig out what our top 10 all-time favorite records from 1990 are we're going to do a rundown some in a little bit more detail than others uh and we're going to just, and maybe you know that oh, give, of, give you a little bit of a flavor of the stuff that we actually genuinely like when yeah. we're not listening to fleetwood matter records. yeah <laughs> <laughs> quite anyway guys thank you so much for joining us we've had a blast for this one hope you've enjoyed it too and uh yeah we'll catch you on the other side pop
1: collaborate and listen is produced in the loosest of terms and edited if you can call it that by us two amateurs which is why it sounds like it does if you do want to get in contact with us and we would love you to you can get us on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com we are on twitter at pclpodcast instagram at pcl podcast facebook.com slash pcl podcast and you can find all of this info as well as links to our spotify playlists and that sort of thing on our website which is pclpodcast.com